This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Little Oven Pizza of Merced. Now, guys, I can speak from the heart. I love pizza. I can't say I'm a pizza fanatic, but um, for, from what I know from my limited experience in pizza, Little Oven Pizza is, is up there. It's, I would say it's the best, New York style-wise and everything. I can say I am a pizza fanatic. And oh, really? I do okay. say Little Oven Pizza is the best pizza in town. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, what I like about it the most, for me personally, is um, how they advertise their local ingredients. And, of course, I also kind of like their creativity. Um, if you've never been in Little Oven Pizza or don't subscribe to their uh, Instagram page, uh, I think it's Little Oven Pizza Merced, uh, they always post a um, daily board, and on it it shows their specials and everything. You know, they put dates on their pizza, jalapenos, kale, stuff like that. And, it, you know, it sounds weird, but it tastes amazing. So, for me, Little Oven Pizza is great, and I'm so glad that they're the sponsor of this show. And, you know, obviously, local stores over chains all day for all me. All day. All yep. day. So, other than that, let's get on with the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the David and Cal Show. Or as I prefer, the Cal Show. <laughs> and I'm your host, David Chen. And I'm your host, Cal Slotin. So this this is our first episode of David and Cal. Um, so, but before we begin, like the meat of our show, I think we got some explaining to do, Cal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this podcast? Number one reason is because we love to talk. Right. Yeah. And you know, we've known each other for quite some time. We play tennis together. We talk together. Talk about politics together. And I think just in general, this is a great style of podcast for us. Just have a conversation with our listeners. And just talk about what's important these days. The second reason we're doing this podcast is just uh, a space where students can come in, hear what's going on locally in their school, understand bigger issues on, on a, just a nice right. on a nice conversational podcast where they feel like we're, they're a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. And we're not just going to be the only hosts here. We're going to invite guests on, teachers, students, random people, maybe not too random. That might be weird. But again, we're just here to have a conversation with everyone, talk about what's important to high schoolers, what, what's important to life what we're learning, what should be learned, everything imaginable. So let's just get right into it. Um, You know, we've talked a little bit about detention. Um, Mm -hmm. Last time we were just kind of meandering around. Um, What what are your thoughts about detention? Um, The detention system in school, it's obviously, it's it's not a, it's an outdated system. It's a system that needs renovation. It's a system that doesn't work. And I can tell you firsthand it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was about I, to ask, like, have you been in detention before? I am one of the few AP students who have been detention in the double digits. In the double digits, all I've right. I've been okay. in detention oh, over snap. 10 times. 10 times? Okay. And I can tell you firsthand. On the, on the leaderboards over there? On the leaderboards, <laughs> you know, top in the charts, number right. one. Yeah. But I, I can tell you firsthand that it, it really doesn't work. Uh, freshman year, uh, I had a teacher uh, teaching English, and... I was sent to detention by this teacher around 10 times. Oh, so it was mainly just your freshman year that you got you Yeah, my bulk freshman of year was the, was the bulk of my detentions. And right. every single time I would go there, and it was almost enjoyable for me to be there because I would just leave the class. Right. It was, a, it was at your own time. Exactly. I would just be on my own time, but it wasn't productive whatsoever. I would mm. sit there, and I would just let the time pass, and then I would come into the class the next day just a little angry and a little more resentful of my teacher. Right. And well, I mean, before we move on a little any further, I think we should also make the distinction between what detention is and intervention. Because mm. detention, classically speaking, and, you know, we see these in movies, we see this in our schools and past schools. Detention is what, you know, what we see is you leave the class, go to a, you know, isolated place, stay there for a certain amount of time, pr- 
normal your lunch or during class or after school and yeah you just stay there it's a punishment mm-hmm. right? it's a quarantine in my opinion exactly it's yeah. a quarantine for bad behavior they, throw, they throw you in a vacuum and you sit there exactly so obviously in a vacuum nothing happens and um the purpose i guess of having a system like this where you send someone is so that they'll reflect on what they've done right that's the purpose of it mm-hmm. but i think we both know that that purpose is hardly ever achieved and from your experience does that work it, it really doesn't work it, it doesn't work every time i would uh leave that class and then come back i would just almost be in a worse of a mood than i was when i entered and that's the issue when you enter class and you're already in a bad mood then things just go completely wrong because i could get through a day i could get easily get through a day if i if you just bring myself in and i'm in a neutral state i could get through a day but when you throw uh, constant detentions and you throw just the, the class environment in there, I just keep, I kept ending myself back in detention and there wasn't any change in detention. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, wait, hold, hold up. How, how did you get your detentions? Was it just like small things or wh- it was wh- a, what was going on over there? It was for everything. Oh, it, for everything. It, it could be just for talking. Okay. It could just be for showing up to class, which was written on one of the detention slips. Mm, okay, makes um, sense. It could be uh, for... Uh, being on my phone or for being on the Chromebook for too long or just a whole world of reasons. And I mean, this, this teacher was old school. And I think that's just, if you break a rule, yeah, then, you get sent then the first, the, the, yeah, the first outcome of your action is detention always. Right. And then second is higher and higher levels of administration talking to you. Mm-hmm. But for the detention system to be successful, you can't leave a student in the vacuum. Yeah, no. And I think communication is something that's sorely lacked in in just about every facet of 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 the uh, disciplinary system and this is where intervention comes in from what from what my research has led me um i talked to a few teachers here on here at school about what they believe intervention was and um one thing that our school has is this thing called an orange form uh, i think you've heard of it as well right mm, yeah the orange in, form. yeah um i forgot what was specifically called but basically the purpose of that form is like for instance someone's acting out right and then the teacher would give them that form and say, fill this out, and we'll talk about it. So there's two important things there. Mm. One is that the teacher is talking about it, and also that form has something important. It gives the, st- well, not only the, te- uh, the student filling out the form has to say, okay, what did I do wrong? Why did I do it? But also it gives, and this is what I really like, they also give a portion for students to write down what they feel or what's going on in their world to at least give a better perspective to the teacher what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Do you think in your cases that would have helped tremendously oh yeah just getting my opinion through to the teacher would have helped me so much because it feels like your voice isn't heard and when you're just constantly being sent away and you're just gone you you interact with the teacher less and less and less and yet you keep ending up in the detention room more and more and more right that that's where issues begin but when you give students that little box where they can put the way they feel that's when things can be productive and then talk about it right and, and you can talk about it that's the biggest thing yeah yeah, 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 and obviously I, well, you know, I didn't get to experience too much detention in, in my life. Um, but Unfortunately, I, you didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, th- that might be like a necessary experience for, I mean, okay, in high school, I haven't. In middle school, in elementary school, I, I can say I had my fair share of uh, disciplinary action. Um, I always love telling this story. Um, I was a pretty, like, like, rowdy kid in kindergarten through second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because, well, for one, I was mad at myself or I think unconsciously mad at myself because I couldn't understand math at all. Like I remember we did like a gummy bear lesson where we were like adding gummy bears, like two gummy bears, three gummy bears. And I just couldn't 
reason why two gummy bears plus three gummy bears somehow miraculously, miraculously changed to five gummy bears. And that just, that just didn't st- stick with me. So I channeled my uh, brain power into something else, which was to just piss off the teacher, I guess. Yeah. And, and of course, in kindergarten, I remember, like, we had a, we had a monkey, like a, like, a, like a timeout monkey, where you had to hold the monkey. And if you moved too much, the monkey would, like, start squeaking or whatever. Yeah. And it'll, it'll notify the teacher that, oh, he's, he's messing around. So um, I remember having to sit there and just really wanting to shake the monkey. Right, because I just wanted, I don't know. But I guess the, the point of the story is that um, I think everyone has gone through a phase where they've had a disciplinary issue. Mm. And if the teacher treats it well, then it can be solved. But if you treat it with, you know, putting that student in the vacuum, like you said, you know, in detention or some, some place where they, their anger just festers and they just think of the next way to cause trouble, yeah. that just makes it worse, right? So. Um, thankfully, eventually, second grade came around, and, and the teacher actually sat down with me and talked to why I was so mess, so just loved to mess around. Uh, I did mention to her why I hated math and everything, why it just didn't stick with me, and she yeah. and she worked with me specifically on math, and then I began began to like it. So you know, kudos to Miss um, Anderson <laughs> in second grade for helping me out there. But um, so yeah, that's I guess that's kind of my side of the story. Afterwards, it just all worked out, and thankfully because of a teacher, right? On the topic of reasons ending up in detention was uh-huh. my probably most infamous detention story is uh-huh. in third grade. Oh, shoot. Learning cursive because that's when cursive was yeah, the yeah, topic yeah. of education. And while learning cursive, we all got cursive books and mine was like a, a nice leather book uh-huh. and oh. my parents bought it. And I didn't actually do any cursive. I just drew things in the book. Yeah. And when someone came up to my book and ripped out this drawing of a squirrel that was in my book, uh-huh. I completely i just went spastic yeah you got to defend your art yeah i I, defend your art i defended it and uh i got into a a fight and i i punched this kid (laughs) in the face and his contact flew out and like oh messed up his eyes a little bit but ended up uh ended up in detention for that and i also received a referral and i don't know if that system's still in place referral i'm I'm sure referrals are are still a thing and that just sticks on your record right yeah like those are like the official school records one like if you do something pretty bad like hurt someone or Mm -hmm. bring drugs to school or something like that but but yeah 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 yeah. um obviously wait so how did the teacher deal with it just send you away or something like that as usual it was just being sent to the room sitting there and no one heard your story though oh they they ripped something out of my book no no there there isn't it's just what they see is I punched him in the face. Okay, <laughs> but the, the part they didn't <laughs> see the build up. was the build up. Yeah, yeah, right. So, and and it's kind of interesting how you mentioned cursive because I kind of want to talk about that a little bit next. But I t- just want to get back to, well, how do we approach the disciplinary system at school, especially in high school as well? I think at this point in our age, we've matured enough to know that messing around doesn't really attract uh, attention anymore. I think in younger grades and younger ages, we tend to mess around because um, we think it's cool or whatever, yeah. or it gets attention and you know it's it's edgy stuff like that. But I think at this point, if you're messing around or causing disciplinary, you know, upheaval, it's something to do with what you're feeling or what Definitely. what you're going on. Something that has to be addressed with thorough communication and all that. So, again, I think. I mean, just seeing around in examples in our school, I think you, we, you can both you and I agree that um, it's all about communication. Or all about communication. Right. That's the key to, to having a successful disciplinary system right. is just communicating with students and letting their voice be heard. 
but also letting your voice be heard. It's right. a combination of both. Yeah. And the the old detention system, and in some in some places still currently in place, it's only one side communication. And right. It's, it's right. just the teachers or the administrative side. Yeah. So so yeah, uh, I want to talk about cursive a little bit, like you mentioned, because mm. um, so you you learned cursive in third grade. Learned in quotations. Okay. Yeah. L- was exposed to it or yeah. was required exactly. to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here, same thing here, third grade. But I think afterwards, cursive just fell off. Yeah, in it, elementary, it really did. I mean, like you know, my little brother didn't learn it in third grade, mm. um, and obviously we haven't used cursive ever since. Yeah, um, which is interesting. And obviously, I think schools recognize that cursive is literally a dead art, like Latin or something like that, where it's really not necessary for for modern society. So they they were like, you know what, cursive, we don't really need you. See ya, exactly. Right. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen our year, apparently. But We got the, the last year of it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least, th- I think some good part about it is that um, at least schools recognize what's necessary and what's not unnecessary now. Yeah, it's it's definitely a step in, in the right direction, in all honesty, because the the art of writing with your hand is, <laughs> is, is, is dying. It, yeah, is it in it of itself already dying, like just handwriting in general. Like and, and cursive is just another way to write with your hand. So when you remove writing with your hand, not only are we like not even teaching print, but we're not going to teach cursive. It, right. it just doesn't have a room in, in how the world is going. What was the original like purpose of cursive anyways? Was it just fast faster writing? Because like, you can write faster technically? I'm curious if cursive was the actual... Like f- that. That's how things were written before print. Well, I well, I I don't. Really, I think print was originally. I don't, I don't even know. But what I do know is that a lot of teachers uh, um, advertised cursive as like a faster way to write. Because obviously you, you don't pick. Yeah, you don't pick. You your, don't pick your mm-hmm. pencil up as often. So te- but you know, obviously I never got to the point where I wrote faster in cursive than than in print. And also, it's less legible. Right. Yeah, like, it's hard. It's definitely harder to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I think we we all know that meme with doctors' handwriting, like how oh, it's like yeah. freaking hieroglyphic yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So you know, I'm glad that they recognize the. I mean, can you can you see a application of cursive these days? Like, is there, is there a? I don't. Uh, I don't know. I the I only thing so. I could guess is maybe handwritten invitations. I mean, even those, those can be, like, embroidered or printed. Like, yeah. You know, you, you just... I really a can't think of a, a single profession where it's even allowed to, like, just a cursive to be an acceptable way to write. It's right. it's yeah. all digital, and when it's not, it, print is just easier to understand. And now, with it, people not even learning it, I think it's going to completely just die. Yeah. Because knowing that there's going to be a Which huge chunk of the population not even knowing it, no one will write in it. There's no point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well... That being said, at the same time, though, typing became much bigger. Mm. Like, I remember even in elementary school, we were required to, oh, like, yeah. take typing tests and all that, which definitely helped. I, I am very thankful for learning how to type much quicker. And I'm glad that they phased that in and phased cursive out. Um, and, again, this is all, like, retrospect. This years ago. And yeah. even now, I think in, even in our school, typing, typing isn't that much of an emphasized thing. Well, ty- typing, uh, if you take computer applications... Oh, the, the, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll I took computer applications one, and you just type letters all day. But I'm thankful I did that because now I can actually get my work done efficiently and not worry typing being like a bottleneck or, or a crush. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, there should be like a target, you know, words per minute thing that all students should be able to get to. I think we do have that. Really? I think uh, is th- it like 70? Th- it's 30 words a minute. Oh, 30. Oh, okay. Yeah, we well, d- okay. That's a pretty minimum one, one in, though. Like. Yeah, I know. In freshman seminar, if you don't hit 30 words a minute, then you don't pass the typing. Uh 
And isn't that a graduation that. requirement or something like that? Yeah, it's a graduation okay, requirement. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so okay, yeah. So it's if definitely you required. If you don't meet it, but 30 words a minute. 30, yeah, it's two it's, words two words a second or something it, like that's that. That's right? not No, I'm just kidding. No. One word <laughs> one word per two seconds. My bad. I can do math. But, it's, um, it's not a vi- – like 30 words a minute just – it doesn't do it. Like, yeah. If you're yeah, not typing not at, at least 60, I feel like 60 is something that it will like actually help you in the workplace. Yeah, for like an essay or for, for like notes online or anything, I think 60, 70 range is probably the uh, – the ideal because you know if you're like following a professor speaking or anything 30 words no one speaks at 30 words per minute no that's like hi my name like it's it's way below i think definitely if you can type at decent speaking space oh you're you're good that's that's that I that's, think that's, that's the key ideal. oh yeah that's actually that's that's perfect right I'm, I'm wondering if that 30 words a minute cap will actually begin to increase as time goes on. I think on. it has to. I yeah, think it I think has so to. too. I mean, as things become more demanding, because I, I think it's still, we're still in the wild west of the computer age in, yeah. in the workplace. So I think as it becomes more of like an integrated thing, I think the schools are going to require kids to type faster and faster and faster. Right. Yeah. And um, do you think, do you think every student should have, to, should take at least one computer class? Whether it be like computer science, computer applications, graphics, language, or what? Do you think that's that's? Necessary I think it should things? be required. I mean, right now we have the CTE. Yeah, it is a, op- but that's an optional. Yeah, pathway, but yeah, though. it's an optional pathway, and I think it should be required. Now, maybe if we offered more periods, it would it should be required. I mean, maybe, but I think even then, I think computer science is becoming something where like it's a gen ed thing, where like just like English or math or science computer technology itself or maybe just technology i think i would argue for like a technology category for for general education requirements yeah i agree with you because it's you know so relevant now in everything i mean just like they say like in college the computer science class is the one that fills up the fastest has the most people and is the most popular why because everyone is using computer science now yeah it's a really good point even if you're like an art major or like a history major you use that somewhere yeah, you, eventually right definitely it's integrated into basically every everything. single job yep, everything. even even in labor jobs like construction computers are just work their way in there because they're just more efficient yeah and i think by introducing that to uh the like the working class before they're even working is genius like uh making it uh, required in high school right just make us more efficient i mean imagine like coming into a job and you've never even touched a computer before yeah you're and it's use, yeah and you have to use it as a high level and actually apply it and then use it to, to help you if you're not ready for that you're going to struggle in the workplace right right and and it's not even even if it's not a requirement for your job like for instance if you know of course if you're a construction worker technically well i don't even know a better example but even if your job doesn't require it i feel like even knowing a sliver of of computer science or just technology sorry i keep saying computer science but technology in general like how to handle applications on a computer or you know stuff like that like excel excel is useful in like data analysis and you know organizing your stuff and you know putting in schedules and all that knowing how to organize and use technology could be used in every single possible manner of work definitely what used to be like oh i have to write down my work schedule or log in hours by hand instead you can put on a google excel sheet and then instantly calculate how many hours you're doing a week and then you can get paid or if you're self-employed you know how how much to pay yourself yeah all it does is save you time yeah exactly and that's what technology was made for yeah it's just saving us time i guess move forward yeah i do think now now what i'm curious is if we have to replace a current uh class we're taking that's um, oh, and outdated, like cursive, for instance. Exactly. No. What would we replace in favor of a computer science right, class? Yeah, I mean, ideally, we don't replace any, because f- from what I know, 
I mean, from, from what I can see, there's not really that many classes that, like, oh, you are not relevant at all anymore. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's tough. I would say, though, what I would say a better way to do this is to integrate technology education into each of those classes. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Right, like, for instance, in math classes, don't just, you know, just learn Pythagorean theorem and how to calculate by hand, show your work and all that. Of course, that's imp- that is important. But at the same time, learn how to use MATLAB or learn how to use Google Excel sheets and, and calculate you know, taxes or, or stuff like that and using technology to do math. Yeah, something as simple as like the stats portion in Math 3, just introduce yeah. Excel and show people how it's done. Just get their feet wet. Right, right, I right. Mean, it never has to hit an advanced level, but as long as they know it's there and they know what it does and they know that it's it can help them, uh-huh. that's all it takes to get someone using technology yeah. at a higher level. You know, allocate a portion of the curriculum for technology. Um, and I think that's already been done in decent places. Um, same thing with science. Even in English, I say, um, I, I don't really know specific examples on where technology can be implemented directly into, like, how to do English. Mm, English is um, a tough one, I feel like. Yeah, but the impact of technology on English, though, I would say is huge. I think, I would say the lifesaver for, like, emails, essays, applications, and all that, Grammarly. Dude, that thing is freaking amazing. Yeah. I mean, not only does it just autocorrect, but it recommends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Antonyms, it's it's not just like oh, like just hardcore, just grammar mistakes. It like okay, this sentence is a little bit wordy. You can reduce that. That just that just changes the whole that that is the whole huge. landscape. Yeah, I know. And you know, back then, and that's probably the reason why we don't really learn grammar too much. Like we're not you know pushing grammar too hard into students. Of course, you know you need to know standard English conventions. You know, but like knowing you know the intricacies of prepositions within sentences and all that like that's not even seen anymore namely i think because the impact of autocorrect yeah that's interesting that's like how in math we we stop learning how to do things by hand because we can calculate these things right yeah yeah, it's the same that english is going through the exact same thing which is we don't we don't know some people don't even know how to form sentences or where to put commas because their computers yeah yeah so that's that's the downside together that's the downside of autocorrect i mean like texting for instance you know, you just like generally type what you think the word is, and it would just autocorrect for you. So that's the downside of autocorrect. It um, excuse me. <coughs> yeah, sorry about that. But it um, it desensitizes ourselves to like spelling and all that. So that's that's the downside. But the upside, of course, is that you don't need to emphasize these things anymore. Spelling, like yeah, spelling tests, nothing. And oh, okay, I can still. S- there are there are a few teachers who still do spelling tests, which is important, but. It's way less emphasized. But yeah, we can replace things like spelling test and like a grammar test and just like knowing your punctuation with learning more literature and learning the significance of different literature because we know technology does things for us. Right. Math, math classes can move faster and we can learn new things because we know that computers can just get the thing that the, the long, the things that take the most time removes that. Yeah, exactly. And, and in place, we just move up higher and higher in the education system. Yep, exactly. And I, th- I don't know about science classes, but um, I don't know. I know art classes and, and stuff like that, um, technology, like iPads, using those to draw. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've seen those, like, satisfying, like, YouTube videos on, like, drawing on iPads and all that. Yeah, my uh, my advanced art class in uh, Kirkshank, because we offered a, an elective. Oh, And then okay. we offered an advanced version of that elective if you were picked. Right. I decided to take advanced art. Uh-huh. And they had iPads? iPads Man, with pens, crazy. and it was great. You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 and it's... Um, I would say though, um, in my opinion, w- would you say how much would you say technology is? T- how much technology is too much in the classroom? Because 
I think we should teach technology, but in terms of like actually putting technology into classrooms, it could be difficult. But as we can hear that, that's the bell, and we know that's the symbol for well, that's the signal for us to end our episode. Thank you guys for tuning in to our thank very you, first you. episode of the David and Cal show. Um, we'll see you guys next time. Um, thank you, Cal, as well. Thank you, David. Yeah, and we'll see you next time.